Help keep Kinks and Beats daily ad-free and receive bonus content early with a contribution of 20 cents per episode. Visit herohabit.com slash shop for more information. Welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. I'm your host, Tony Fry. Thank you for downloading, as always. Um, I mentioned this on the last couple episodes, but... Since I don't know that all of you listen to every episode or in order, um, we are on episode 94. This is episode 94, and we are closing in on 100 episodes already. We've done since October um, what it takes some podcasts two or three years to do. Uh, this daily thing, it's been fun. I'm glad we're doing it together and that you're enjoying it, and, and I like all the feedback. But uh, I didn't think it would get to 100 episodes, that's for sure. But um, to get towards 100, I want the uh, podcast to chart in the top 10 on iTunes. We've cracked the top 20 a few times, um, but I want the top 10. And the way we do that is by reviews and ratings from you guys and new subscribers. So if all of you who have already subscribed are downloading it, it doesn't help if I get a thousand downloads of this episode today, it doesn't really help my chart position, but if I, as much as five new subscribers would. So what I'm asking from you is if you could share a link to this podcast on your social media, if you belong to certain kinks or Beatles related Facebook groups, things like that, share a link to this podcast, tag hero habit in it at hero habit. And, um, one person that, uh, that does that, I will pick at random and they'll get a cool little kinks and Beatles um, prize pack sent to them. So help me do that. Today we are talking about arguably uh, the first great British rock and roll song to really hit in America. I saw her standing there. Pure rock and roll. Uh, released March 22nd, 1963 on their Please Please Me album, and it was released as a B-side in the United States, um, the B-side to I Want to Hold Your Hand on December 26th, 1963. So several months later, the song peaked at number 14 on the American charts as a B-side. So, I mean, how many bands in history had B-sides in the top 20? And and to not even release it as a single in the UK. Uh, it was recorded in one session on February 11th, 1963. Now, this session is a bit legendary because they recorded the entirety of their Please Please Me album during that session. And I say that that is a bit deceptive. Four of the songs from that album were already recorded and released as singles. And so they were going to be used um, as part of that. They recorded 10 songs. Well, 10 of the songs on that album were recorded this day. They actually also recorded Hold Me Tight, which um, wouldn't appear until the next episode. This session lasted nearly 13 hours over three segments. Uh, Only the first two segments were even um, scheduled. And then they they got on such a roll. They, they, they had a, a 10 hours worth of studio time booked um, because George Martin thought an hour per song would be fine. 
but things got away from them and you know and it just they they ended up staying an extra um, few hours into the night so takes one through nine of i saw her standing there were recorded between 10 a.m and 1 p.m sometime in that in that time frame takes 10 through 12 were recorded between 2.30 and 6. And along the way, they also managed to record There's a Place, A Taste of Honey, Do You Want to Know a Secret, Misery, Hold Me Tight, Anna Go to Him, Boys, Baby It's You, and Twist and Shout. And the story of Twist and Shout is legendary. I look forward to covering that on a future episode. So that's February 11th. Song's done. They did 12 takes, and and it's done. Um including some over uh, overdubbing of the hand claps. Then jump fast forward February 25th, uh they edit the song and this is all without the Beatles being there. They're not a part of the editing and mixing phase at this point. George Martin and his team are doing it alone. They edit they do an edit of uh takes 9 and 12. And then that edit is mixed down for mono and stereo. And you'll notice there's a hard pan on the stereo mix. And George Martin has talked about this previously where he never intended these stereo mixes to be released. The reason he did them was he, he recorded the stereo with this huge spread, you know, drums all the way in the left track, uh, guitars all the way on the right side, and then vocals kind of in the middle. And he did this so that when they mixed down to mono from that, there was this space and the vocals don't get buried in the mix. So he, he purposely mixed this on a wide spectrum, on a wide drastic spectrum so that it would translate well in mono. And that's partially why their mono recordings sound so great. Uh, even by today's standards of, you know, everything's in stereo and meticulously mixed those mono recordings for being 1963, 64, um, they sound fantastic. And that's why, because they were using two track tapes and doing stereo mixes uh, with hard pans. And then that's it. Song's done. Comes out a couple months later. Actually, a month later. They did the mix on the February 25th that comes out March 22nd. Um, Paul has talked about the bass line to this tune. Great bass line. Uh, he st- stole it, lifted it, borrowed it, paid homage to it. From Chuck Berry's song, I'm Talking About You, although Chuck's song is a little bit slower. Here's the thing about I Saw Her Standing There, though. It's not a crazy fast song. Everybody would think, I mean, it's not a slow song. But I, a lot of people, when they cover it, it's, you know, well, she was just 17, and you know what I mean. It's not really that fast. But he's doing that bass line. Uh, what is it? Whoops. Solid eighth notes the whole time. It's a cool. It's a cool bass line. Um, I'm not real sure how he does it when he's singing. Uh, an incredible talent there. John's kind of doubling it um, and harmonizing it a little bit on his guitar, where he's going. He's hitting that harmony there uh, of like an inverted power chord with B on the bottom, E on the top. 
And then you've got George playing these lead lines up here. One. And that's a, I, like a, a, a great dissonant E7 chord, you know, that just cuts right through the rest of the song. It's good stuff. The structure of the song is almost as close to a blues as we get from the band. Uh, it follows some basic blues change, like chords, E7. To A7, back to E7. B7. But it's not a blues in the slightest. But like I said, we talked about this, I think, on the For You Blues uh, episode. The Beatles never really did straight up 12-bar songs it was very rare and even this one that is obviously inspired by that form is not remotely a 12 bar blues then we get to the chorus where they do the e7 then a, a e7 with the g sharp in the bass so it's just still a chord tone but it's a cool um pull up to the a7 and then a c chord We've talked about this before, too. This is a, um, uh, a flat six. So a six in the key of E would be a C-sharp minor. They lower that, make it a C chord and a major chord. And this is a quintessential Beatles sound. Um, then the bridge goes up to A. Paul's still doing that, you know, the, that bass line underneath it. It's just enough rock and roll, just enough catchy guitar hooks, a uh, good guitar solo by George. It's I saw her standing there. Um, John played it live with Elton John at the Madison Square Garden um, concert. It was the B-side to Philadelphia Freedom. Uh, and he introduced it on stage as uh, they were going to play a song by his old estranged fiance or something to that effect. McCartney has played it on a ton of tours. Uh, and George and Ringo played it at the rock and roll induction ceremony for the Beatles alongside like Springsteen and Bob Dylan. And I forget who else was in the band, but you know, an all-star band. So every Beatle has performed this song live post Beatle which is kind of cool. And I can't think of another song that that would be a uh, true of. So that's, I saw her standing there. Great piece of just early sixties rock and roll. Uh, there's a famous story that uh, the original lyric was, she was just 17 and no beauty queen. Um, and John came in and said, no, change it to, you know what I mean? And Paul has Ridden that story to be the, you know, the the end all be all of John's genius for sixty years now. Uh, it is a better line, and it does kind of give it, a, a, you know, a, a more dangerous edge, especially by nineteen sixty three standards. But uh, I think the song would have been fine had they kept it like that as well. And I don't know if I mentioned this: the the original working title of the song was seventeen, which. Is crazy because it's 
one lyric in the song. It's the first lyric, but the the hook is I saw her standing there or I'd never dance with another. There's like six other titles I'd give it before 17, but uh, they made the right choice by, by changing it. All right. So that's, I saw her standing there. Um, I will talk to you tomorrow. Don't forget to share this podcast all over social media and tag at hero habit. One word on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, and you can follow us and then swing by HeroHabit.com and check out our other articles and uh, things related to the podcast. All right. I will talk to you guys later. Have a great day. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. HeroHabit.com. Collect your heroes.